RVFTA's Campground of the Week is sponsored by Jayco. To see a complete lineup of products, visit jayco.com. And by Blackstone. See their complete line of griddles and accessories at blackstoneproducts.com. America the Beautiful. There is adventure to be found around every corner. And there is no better way to explore it than by staying at one of our country's 14,000 campgrounds. Our team of correspondents will guide you to the best places to park your rig or pitch your tent. On each week's episode, we'll give a complete review of one campground, location, activities, amenities, best sites, and tons of other insider intel. Plus, we'll talk about regional highlights, food, culture, attractions, family fun, and all things great outdoors. From the East Coast to the West Coast, and from the Great Lakes to the Mississippi Delta, it's time to hit the open road with RVFTA's Campground of the Week. Our California correspondents are Karen and David Tost. Karen, David, and their two young kids live and work in Silicon Valley. A few years ago, they began to notice that life was moving at a pretty fast pace and were eager for an opportunity to slow down and do a better job living in the moment. In 2015, they made the decision to purchase an RV and since then spend as many of their weekends and as much of their summers as possible exploring the country in their Winnebago Vista. As an homage to their love of music, Karen and David created the Camping Playlist, a social media profile that provides an outlet to share their adventures and accompanying soundtracks with the RV community. Welcome back Welcome to, the, to show, the show, guys. Hey, guys. Hey guys. Cross-country, we love connecting via Campground of the Week. Thanks for joining us again. <laughs> of course. Hey, thanks for having us. Now, this week, you are taking it. Th- this is my favorite thing about having you guys on, is that if anybody's listened to your previous um, reviews, they might have noticed that you all are kind of, I would call you reluctant KOA visitors. <laughs> and I think that that's so great for our listeners to hear because, you know, like KOA is a franchise, right? And there's some of us that react kind of like, oh, that's corporate. It's not unique. I don't want to go to the same old, same old. And I think that you guys had that idea at first when you started RVing, and then you started to find some of your favorite campgrounds were KOAs, right? Definitely, definitely. We found several, you know, there are there are certain elements that are standard among KOAs, but um, we've started to appreciate the uniqueness that many of them have to offer. And this one in particular is not like any KOA we've ever stayed at. So, so where are you taking us to? We are taking you to the Santa Cruz North Costa Noa KOA in Pescadero, California. Where is that on that really long map of California situated? Because yeah. it's big. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, the last time we were on, we, we, we spoke about Smith Woods, which was right outside of Santa Cruz. And this one is in between Santa Cruz and Half Moon Bay 
which to kind of give you more in depth of where on the map that is, Half Moon Bay is probably about an hour south of San Francisco and probably about an hour to an hour and a half north of, let's say, Carmel and, and Monterey and maybe even Vixer. Every okay. time I talk to you guys, I'm just totally jealous like of where you live. And I get this like <laughs> longing for California. We've spent enough time in California, just enough time to miss it. All the time, you know, when you're not there, you just every time you hear about it, it brings you back. But is the so. California dream a myth or a reality? It's just <laughs> it probably figure. depends on what day you ask David and Karen how they would I answer think it, that. I think it also has to do with your proximity to the ocean. It's it's much more alive closer to the coast. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about: is this a holiday or a journey or you know resort? What? It's not. It's just a standard KOA, no journey or holiday branding. Um, you, you actually, when you drive up to it, you know, you expect the pyramid shaped KOA office. And, and I, and I mean this with love, you actually walk up to a shack with, with two windows, like a snack bar shack with two people sitting in it. And they have a, a few supplies like, you know, water regulators and, you know, paper <laughs> and all that stuff. But it's just like a, a it's like a, a little office with two people sitting in it. And then we'll get into you know, like the other facilities at, at the campground. But yeah, there's no special branding. It's just a, a standard KOA. And I think it's it's important to note. So this KOA is attached to the Costanoa Lodge. And so that is sort of a high-ish end lodge um, that has a, you know, a restaurant and a store and all of these things. And so you drive in, like you're going to the lodge and then you just keep driving, you know, a few more feet and you're in the campground. So it's, it's unique in that respect. Is that maybe part of the reason why the camp store only sells like one fire starter and some paper and whatever <laughs> else you said? I mean, is is like, yeah. you can just walk over to the hotel property and get stuff. There is a store. Yeah. There's a bigger store that, um, sells, everything that you would need, um, including like wine and cheese and Every, again, everything you would need. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> everything you would need, wine and cheese. I love you guys. All right. So give us after the shack. Okay. Let's look at, uh, the rest of the campground. How big is it? How is it sort of laid out? Yeah, so so the campground itself, I'd say it's a medium-sized campground. There's probably anywhere from 90 to 100 spots. And when we say there's a, the, the resort amenities to it, it, it doesn't feel like a parking lot or those resorty type RV parks that are super manicured. You know, just the, the landscape is perfect, and it just it's just perfect gravel pads that you drive onto. This is not like it. You get that campground feel to it, um, which is great. And so uh, of the 90 spots, I'd say you know, they're all full hookups, I believe. Um, there's about 20 of them that are pull through. Um, they have about five to 10, maybe even 15 of the standard KOA type cabins, you know, the, the tiny home cabins, um, that you can rent out as well. And then they have, I'd say at least 50, um, glamping tents, which, um, you know, are just the, the tents on platforms with, you know, beds and, and linens in them. And, uh, and those are, you know, there's a section of the park where they're all just, um, kind of, uh, stationed at and, uh, and those get rented out as well. I'm getting a really good camping playlist vibe here. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Like in terms of this being like your KOA sort of your home oh. KOA. Oh, absolutely. And there's, you know, there's times where when we're not camping, you know, a song will come on the radio and Karen will turn to me and, and just say, 
This reminds me of Costa Noa. Oh, this is like your home campground. You know what it reminds me of? We have reviewed on this show this the East Coast version, it sounds like, of this campground. And it's Sandy Pines Campground. And you guys said it's the perfect marriage sort of between those resort amenities but campground feel. And Sandy Pines Campground in Maine has that, and it is so unique and wonderful that it is one of our favorite campgrounds we've and ever been to. it's hard to strike that exact right oh, mojo. I know, but I yeah, know. Sandy Pines doesn't, and it sounds it's, like this KOA it's does It's ringing it those bells for me, definitely. Absolutely. All right, so tell us about just sort of like how much we're going to pay to stay here and if it's like booked up all the time or if you can squeeze in at the last minute. Sure. So um, spots are going to range, I'd say, between 85 to about 125. Um, 125 will, will get you the, the wider spaces. And I think when we go into, you know, details on the spots, we'll, we'll kind of share some, some good info there. Um, booking up in advance, it's gotten much harder to book. Um, but I, I think you can still get a spot within a few months, um, and maybe even a few weeks if you're lucky. Um, but if you're, if you're getting something within a few weeks, it's probably not going to be that ideal prime real estate with the best views of the coast. And, um, you know, they might be a little further back and, um, you know, not, not the most ideal spot. So, um, you know, typical California KOA prices, you know, you're probably talking, you know, three digits. Um, but you know, that's pretty much the going rate, you know, around, uh, around Northern California. I was going to ask you, like, I just really wanted to know, are those normal prices to you guys? Or because on the East Coast, we're getting there, kind of, you know. But yeah, it's but still, a lot of the people that listen to the show in the middle of the country have like, a, like panic attacks yeah. when we when we post the prices like that for some of the resorts that we go to on the East Coast. So it really, I mean, it reflects the economy of, yeah. <laughs> of that well, and the value of the real estate in uh, yeah. This and area. I think KOAs are are traditionally a little pricier here in the area, and but I will say. As well, it's also a Bay Area, you know, uh, price range as well, right? If you get outside of the Bay Area, you know, an hour or two, um, you're going to see prices drop, you know, 20, 30% easy. So um, it's also just kind of price of living in Silicon Valley and, and the immediate area around here. Now, you've got some pretty specific site details for us because I guess you've really decided what your favorite places in this campground are and you've got your report <laughs> ready for us, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So the, the sites, when you drive into the campsite, and I know Karen will, will kind of jump in as well, is you have, I think it's four loops. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is probably the most sought after. That one, I think it's called Seascape. And that one is more of a traditional, you know, you have probably, you know, 10 or 15 feet between sites. Um, it's a great area as well because it's a round loop with, and in the center of the loop, there's like a little grassy field. So not only can the kids, you know, ride their bikes around it, but they can play, you know, catch, you know, in the, in the little field in the middle. I I think ideally if you're in that area, you want to be to the top of the loop so that you're facing down towards the coast and and you get better views. Um, and, and those are going to be the most expensive. Those are the ones that are typically, you know, 125, you know, a night and they come with full hookups. They're, they're near the general store, the, the bigger store with the wine, which is very important. And the cheese. And the cheese. But one of our favorite 
spots is actually the, the more modest um, priced area of the park, which is eucalyptus. And so that's at the end of the park. It's not necessarily a loop. It's just kind of a road that goes down and there's two, you know, there's um, two rows, right? And they face each other. Um, the last row, I don't believe they rent those out. Those are typically for long-term campers. Um, but the other side where we typically camp is, is great. And so the caveat and, and the disclaimer is, is that you are packed in like sardines in a sardine can. It, it, it's pretty tight. And when I say tight, you'll have just about enough room to extend your awning but your neighbor's hookups will be underneath your awning. So that's about how close you are. However, behind each spot is just this beautiful grassy area that has beautiful trees. It has wooden decks where you can pitch a tent or, you know, put some lawn chairs or a record player, you know, if you're the camping playlist. Um, And they're they're serious about that. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. We're not kidding. Um, And you have great views of the coast, right? So that tends to be our favorite area because no one really congregates next to their RV. They set up camp behind their RV and behind their RV, there's just plenty of room. And I think one of the favorite, one of our favorite things about these spots in particular is that, so in a typical RV site, you have the space right outside your front door and then you're fairly separated from your neighbors. Whereas at these sites, because everybody congregates towards the back of their RVs, you're much more, you're you get to know your neighbors much more, but more communal, more communal. And, and we've seen our kids make some of their best campsite friends, um, at this location in particular, because everybody's just so, you know, they're just all running around close together. There's not, it that sounds almost separation. like a park, right? Like when you go to a park and you barbecue and you're there with yeah. your friends, like there's the other group of people that are barbecuing a little bit down, you know, the way you can kind totally. of see everybody having fun and that doesn't impede the fun. It makes it feel like more communal. I yeah. always think with yeah. campgrounds where the sites are tight too, like those are, but if I like do like the campground, but the sites are small, like you're saying, I often think like those are great places to go with a group of friends. Cause if it's your buddy's RV six feet away, like who cares, you know? And you do see that a lot. And we go with my parents quite a bit there and you'll see groups of, you know, two or three RVers and they have three or four spots, you know, all next to each other. And, and everyone's just playing catch and, you know, it's like, oh, is this my spot or your spot? No one's really kind of marking their territory. Everyone's just having a great time. What's your grandparents handle on social? I want to follow them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We've got two more loops, right? Yeah. So then you also have um, the whales pull through loop. Um, and that one is right across from eucalyptus. Um, and that's just your standard pull through sites, all gravel, full hookups. They're also a little tight, but not ne- not nearly as tight as eucalyptus, in my opinion. Um, and those are great. Every once in a while when we tow, sometimes it's just easier to get there late at night and pull right in. So we have stayed there. Um, and if you're lucky enough to book the, the front site, you have no one obstructing your view of the coast, which is nice. And that one, I think, books up about a year in advance because I'm usually booking it a year in advance. Um, yeah, and a lot of people with those kinds of sites, they book it for the next time when they're there. You know, like that's just a tip for newbies out there. If you love a site or if there's the best site at the campground, go there and book it for the next year while you're there. 
Oh, absolutely. I know on eucalyptus, the, the, the loop we love, the very first site, which is un- unobstructed, I've tried a year in advance and it's already booked up. So yeah, it's, if you like the spot, book it, you know, worst case you cancel. Right. But, uh, but we like to do that. And, and then the final loop is coastal village. It's very similar to eucalyptus, uh, same size, um, spots. There's the areas behind your RV. The only difference is I noticed it's never as green and lush as, as eucalyptus. I don't know if it's maybe they don't have irrigation and it's not, they don't have sprinklers running back there. But when you get into the warmer summer months, it seems a little drier. Um, and I know as of the last couple of years, they added cabins to that loop as well. So there's less spots, but, um, but it seems to fill up quite a bit as well. We've stayed in every loop and, and haven't had a bad spot yet. We definitely have our favorites, but haven't had um, any disastrous visits. All right. When you go camping with the camping playlist, there's going to be a record table on the picnic, a record player on the picnic <laughs> table. But right next to that, you got to have your Blackstone griddle. Know. So let's just let's just stop here for a sponsored message from our friends at Blackstone. From the large 36 inch four burner griddles to 17 and 22 inch, which Sound are our like personal, yeah, like exactly, our personal recommendation for camping. You can find a Blackstone that's just right for you and your lifestyle, both at home on the back deck and at the campground. Blackstone lets you cook everything you can on that traditional grill, but then also a thousand things that you can't like cheese steaks or bacon, eggs. Let's see, what else do we do? The uh, Tacos we'll taco do on Tuesday. our Taco Tuesday or Taco Friday or Saturday or Sunday with and our not just kids. any burgers, but the smash burgers. The That's smash what the burgers. Like. All right, you can take advantage of four cooking heating zones on the 36-inch griddles and you can cook an entire meal all at once. No problems at all. No one walk away hungry when you're cooking on a Blackstone. You can go to blackstoneproducts.com. There's always free shipping. Plus, you can use RVFTA code for 10% off. Yippee. Guys, I'll make you dinner on the Blackstone, but you've got to provide the playlist. So what are we listening to recently? I want a recommendation. Who? Well, right now, well, we just we just went to a concert that we really enjoyed from a band, I think, from your neck of the woods called Real Estate. Um, and I'll, and I think their album's coming out. It's, I want to say their fourth album now. Um, and they played some new stuff that sounded really great. Um, they did a, a show here in, uh, San Francisco to benefit the uh, campfire victims. Um, and so they released a bottle of wine um, to pair um, with their music. So that was really fun. So we're always playing real estate. It was, it was a bottle, a bottle of wine, a bottle of wine, and then a playlist to listen to while you're drinking a bottle of wine. So it was kind of our jam. So yeah, Yeah. sounds right. And then Karen pulled out the cheese and everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. (laughs) Were the kids happy at this KOA? Let's talk amenities. Yeah, Let's talk amenities. Cause you said it had all the amenities, even though it had the campground feel, it had the amenities of a resort. So what does that mean? Yeah. So there are, um, lots of things to do here. So, in addition to having some hiking trails and things to explore in the vicinity of the campground at the campground itself, there's a playground. Um, and then on the weekends in the summer, oftentimes they'll bring in these kind of mobile climbing walls and bouncy contraption things that you can, um, utilize for a fee. I think that's what Um, KOA calls them too, a bouncy contraption things. That is, that's the official term. Um, and then there are, there's a, a little building where you can rent bikes and you can, there are board games and and different activities. So there's definitely lots to do. 
And then a couple of years ago, they built this area called the pine tent, which is, um, sort of a, like an outdoor bar slash restaurant that happens to overlook the playground, which um, was a brilliant design choice for parents. Um, and so there you can kind of sit and enjoy a lot of times during the summer months, they'll have a uh, live music playing and, um, yeah, it's just a great to, uh, Jeremy's comment earlier, just a really communal space. Now that I think of it, Fort Wilderness is like that. There's the bar right up there in Fort yeah. Wilderness that overlooks the playground. Oh, and even better, the bar with rocking chairs, right? The it's the same rocking. kind of a thing. Yeah. Like we could sit there and enjoy a drink in a rocking chair while the kids are playing at the playground. And just these campgrounds that are nailing that, I think, are in a different category. It's not just about campground versus resort. It's about these resorts or these campgrounds understanding how to build these communal spaces that make people feel like they're living their best they're life. They're thinking like it's they're like, guests. So, just that big, deep breath, and you're like, this is awesome, right? And you're sitting there, and you're looking at the view, and you just feel like you couldn't be in a better place. Well, and, and we're about to make it even better because so... We mentioned that the campground is attached to a lodge. The lodge has has a spa. And so um, one year we stayed there for my birthday and I walked from my campsite to the lodge. I got a massage. I walked back to the campsite and then we went to the restaurant at the lodge for dinner. So we were not roughing it by any means on this trip, but um, we were definitely living our best life. That's so great. I love that idea. I love that. We've only been to Stephanie a handful. Stephanie almost wants to just like pause and so I do. I want to go to this campground. You I know, I mean, I, I love campgrounds. So I'm always like, oh, this sounds great when we're doing reviews. But this kind of campground, like I said, it feels like that campground that makes us go, this is in our top 10. This is 10. where it's at, yeah. like right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yes. All right. What other goodies? Anything else? Yeah, you know, they, they have, you know, the restaurant on site is actually really nice. Um, you know, it's, you know, I wouldn't go as far to call it upscale, but it's not, you know, it, you know, you're going to have a waiter or a waitress and there's linens on the tables and it's just, um, the menu is great. It's a lot of the food is just organic and locally sourced. And, um, we've really enjoyed, you know, we don't, we don't eat at the restaurant every time we're there, but when we're there for a special occasion or, um, or just, you know, don't feel like cooking, we, we go to the restaurant. So the, the restaurant's been great. And then the uh, general store is also um, great and stocked with a, with a bunch of goodies. How about Wi-Fi and cell service if you want to post one of your great pictures up on social media while you're there? We're not going to do it because <laughs> good for you. <laughs> they they uh, they do have Wi-Fi, but the signal is pretty poor. Um, you know, it, it sometimes feels like even with the Wi-Fi, you know, things are are failing to upload, and um, and they just you know they just don't have the bandwidth to do it. And you know, you'll notice maybe better speeds if if the the campground's a little emptier. Like if we stay on a Monday and everyone's kind of trekked out, you know, for for gone home for the for the week. But, uh, but yes, uh, is pretty low, uh, signals really low and then cell coverage is also really low. And, and I believe it's with most carriers and they actually, when you arrive, they tell you there's actually a phone in the lodge that, um, you have access to 24 hours a day for emergencies. Um, just in case, you know, you need to call somebody, um, you, you have access to a landline. Might be nice, right? Do you kind of feel sometimes like it's nice that you almost don't have the cell service here? really is. And I think sometimes it's eye-opening at how much you really 
are dependent on your phone and check it when you don't have access to it for a couple days. And it's a, it's a nice unplug for us sometimes. How about the customer service in general? I'm guessing it's good. You know what? It's been good. Um, it, we haven't had any issues with it. Um, I want to say about a year ago, we noticed, you know, we were going there so much. We recognized, you know, most of the folks that work there and, you know, in the, in the two person like little office, you know. Um, but over the last year, I believe they've they've switched over their team. I, I think they just had a lot of fo- new folks, new faces come in. But everyone's been great. Um, and uh, and we've had no no issues at all with their customer service. Now, do they have like a schedule? Like some, some KO, KOAs aren't really heavy on activities all the time. You know, we just always like to like throw in that little education for people that aren't familiar with them as much. Um, but some of them do have a few a day or maybe a few activities on the weekends. Is Where does this fall in that spectrum? So I think there, there definitely are things happening on weekends, particularly in the summer months. And so a couple of the things that we've seen in, in addition to the the rock wall and the jumpy contraption thing, um, are, you know, our kids have done pony rides. Um, we, they did a falconry de- demonstration one weekend, um, that was which cool. was very cool. Um, there are just, there are some random crafts that pop up on the weekend. So there are things it's not scheduled every second of the day, but usually over the course of a busy weekend, there are a handful of things, um, for, kids to to do now i feel like the way you guys review a campground campground is like packed with insider details i almost feel greedy (laughs) asking you for more but is there anything you would give us that would be sort of an insider detail to really help people nail a trip here you know what insider detail i would say you know one of the things um when you're going and 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 this is probably just one of those it's more of a safety um detail is there's an area of the park where everyone gravitates to because it's just you have beautiful views of the water you can i think even make out the pigeon point lighthouse which is not too far off and there's just these great um sunsets there um but in the spring um months especially um the grass can get pretty high and i've heard a lot of folks complain that there's been a lot of um ticks um and so we're always very conscious of that um, and they sell, you know, tick spray and, and all that stuff at the stores. But just kind of a, a heads up safety call out to your listeners is, you know, it just don't let your kids go run around in the grass. You know, be very mindful. You know, we don't want them to get any ticks or spider bites. Yeah. Or, or Stephanie loves like doing a full check, tick check oh. for all three of our sons. <laughs> oh, so it's one yeah, of her favorite, favorite activities It's the highlight of my day. Thank God they never ask me. <laughs> all right. This one sounds pretty awesome. We know it's one of your favorites, but nobody's perfect. And anything they can improve? You know, I'd say the Wi-Fi, you know, I think that's something, you know, you know, most campgrounds can, can improve. I know there's a cost to it, but I I think, um, that would be great. And then the other is that they spent all this time. I think they, it, it, it felt like it took them six months to a year to build this pine tent. And, and when, when it's been open, we've enjoyed it, Uh, but it seems to only be open, in the summer months, I'd say like May to maybe September. Um, and then it seems to be closed for the remainder of the year. And I understand Pescadero near the coast, Northern California, you know, weather can sometimes not be the best. It, you know, it gets a lot of rain. And, but I, I think if they could do something to maybe 
you know, open it on the weekends or, you know, a TBD, you know, dependent on the weather. Um, I think that would be great because nothing worse than getting there and just seeing the pine tent closed and, um, nobody enjoying. It's, it's um, such an awesome space that it's kind of devastating when it's not available. Um, the other, the other thing that we have learned through our many, many visits here is there's a certain time when the sun goes down and you're enjoying your campfire. And, and fortunately it's usually when we're about ready to pack it in for the night. But, um, the, the unmistakable smell of skunks fills the air. I think this and is so, a first on campground yeah. of the week. <laughs> so we usually take that as our cue to call it a night um, and make sure that our trash is put away yes. um, because, you know, the last thing you want is one of those little Yeah, guys. and they, they typically won't bother you. We've had them come as close as, you know, without us knowing. Then we realize they're about maybe 15 feet from us. Um, and they're just walking, looking for food, but we sometimes will see campers who've never been there before. And it's about, you know, 30 minutes before the sun goes down. And I can just see that, you know, their, their tables are just loaded up with chips and cookies and food, and they have no idea what's coming their way. And we typically go up and just kind of warn them, Hey, you will have a few little visitors tonight if uh, if you don't. You and know, do they pick think up. you're like that weird crazy guy at the campground, or do they take you seriously and listen? No, they they actually do take us seriously. And then we also do that when folks have pets as well, because uh, we've seen some folks they leave their Ooh. pets outdoors, and you don't want your your loved your loved little pet to um, get sprayed by a skunk. And it is possible that they they think that we're the the weird crazy guys, but they don't let us know that. So. Yeah, you're nice enough to kind of soldier <laughs> through that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, once the record, once you guys break out the record player, everybody's everybody's, everybody's wandering everybody's over to your side. All right, you guys are going to come back in a second with us. We're going to do some regional highlights, and we always love your regional highlights because you guys are so knowledgeable about these parts of California. But before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Jayco. Focused on providing a way to create lasting memories, Jayco offers travel trailers, Class A motorhomes, and everything in between. With more standard features and an industry-leading two-year limited warranty, Jayco will go the distance for your family. Maximize every moment, no matter where the journey takes you. Visit your local Jayco dealer or jayco.com for more information. Jayco, generations of family fun. And a big welcome back to Karen and David from the Camping Playlist. Everybody wants to make sure you're following them over on Instagram and on social. And guys, take us outside of the park or close to the park. What do we want to do first? Yeah. So, so just to, you know, some context on Pescadero, right? It's a, a coastal town, you know, it's kind of nestled between the coast and, and some foothills that go into like the, you know, the, the San Mateo Hills, um, in Northern California. And so right outside of, um, of, uh, of the campground is the town of Pescadero. I'd say you can get there in about 10 minutes or so. It's a tiny little town. There's like one little main strip. That's probably, I'd say, a quarter of a mile long, um, you know, with a few shops and, and businesses. Um, and one of the, the places that we went to and we just stumbled upon it the first time we visited was this little coffee shop called Downtown Local. And we walked in and it was just the coolest little shop. And there was they sold everything from vintage audio and video equipment to um, records and, you know, they had, um, they have a little movie screening room where they're, where they're playing movies and they have, you know, 
cinema styles, like a, a couple rows of cinema seats so you can sit there and watch an old movie. So Jeremy, I know you, you've taught film. I think you mentioned on one of the last shows. So I think you'd get a kick out of a lot of the it equipment. It sounds like they maybe you guys secretly own this place and you're just trying to get everyone <laughs> to come in. I mean, if you, if this them. is your place, just tell everybody it's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then they have these really cool, um, vintage Italian motorcycles just in the shop, like, you know, and it's just, it's just a really cool, um, coffee shop and we enjoy going there, enjoy going there when, uh, when we're in downtown Pescadero. All right. Give us some more. Oh, Karen, you got something else for us? Just, yeah, I was going to say that there's also a really cute place called Harley Farms and it's a dairy. Um, they sell fresh cheese, which apparently is my thing today. Um, but there's also, uh, baby goats, which, you know, I've got some of the cutest pictures of our kids feeding and petting baby goats, which is just, you know, if that doesn't warm your heart, I don't know what will. You're a yeah. cold uh, and dark person. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you might be dead inside. But um, no, it's, it's super sweet. Um, there's also a great restaurant, which... Um, so the Pescadero and the the campground are located right off of Highway 1. And um, that's where a lot of people go, like motorcycle, do motorcycle rides on the weekend. And um, and so Pescadero becomes a, the downtown area of Pescadero becomes a, a stopping point. And there's a really famous restaurant called Duarte's Tavern. Um, I believe it's Portuguese owned. It um, and, uh, it's become it just sort of iconic in that area for, uh, a place to stop and have breakfast or lunch, um, when you're in the area. Now there's a really famous surf break nearby, one of the most famous in the world. So could you Absolutely. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So if you drive, I'd say about another 20 miles, about 25 minutes or so down Highway 1, or actually I'd say up Highway 1 going north towards San Francisco, there's the town of Half Moon Bay, which um, is known for the Maverick Surf Competition. Um, anyone who doesn't know about it, it's it's just so crazy to see you know, surfers riding 50 foot waves. Um, in a, and the thing about the Maverick surf competition is it doesn't happen every year because it's dependent on, you know, the, the breaks in, in, in the, uh, in the surf and the weather. And so it'll, you know, we'll see it on the news here locally where, Oh, is Maverick's going to happen? And they're thinking it's going to happen. And then they just pull the trigger one, one day. And then within, I think two days you have surfers flying in from Australia, South Africa, you know, Portugal, Hawaii, and they're just coming in to ride these 50 foot waves. And I think, um, one of the biggest waves surf there might've been somewhere between 50 and like 75 feet. This is a heavy place. I mean, I grew up surfing in New Jersey. This was a famous place. And I believe I like a lot of people have died here. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think a famous professional surfer named Mark Fu died here. So to our listeners, this is not a place you're going Don't to bring casually, your board. Like, oh. go and, and go for a swim or dive in the water with a no. bodyboard or a surfboard. This is yeah, like the I mean, real deal. And this area of surf, I want to say, is probably a good, you know, half a mile off the, the, the coastline, right? So it's not, you know, these aren't folks just, you know, walking off the beach into 
um, you know, onto their surfboard. They're being taken out there by, you know, jet skis and, and boats because um, it, it's quite a way out. So, um, yeah, Maverick Surf Competition is great. And um, in Half Moon Bay, Half Moon Bay also has a great little downtown. It's much more robust than, I'd say, Pescadero, um, more activities, um, coffee shops, breweries. Um, and then there's another little area we like to go to, our kids love. Um, it's not in downtown, but it, it's called, um, Limo's farm. Um, and that's, um, you know, you, you, it's probably, I'd say 10 minutes from downtown half Moon Bay. And it's just this great little, uh, park with hay rides and, and jump tents for the kids. And they do also do, you know, petting zoos for the kids. And I think for like 10 or 15 bucks, the kids can get unlimited, like, you know, train rides and hay rides and all that. And the kids just, when we, whenever we drive up to it, they just love it. It's one of those things you drive by and there's like, it's super colorful. There's the bounce houses. There's there. It's one of those things that kids immediately have their radar honed in on and say, can we go there? Can we go there? Can we go there? So, um, it's definitely a fun, a fun spot to sleep if you're in the area. So how do your kids like, I mean, it's always interesting because we talk to you guys about what you guys like and what your kids like and, and then trying to find those happy mediums. Like how do your kids rank this KOA and, and this region? They, I think they've come to really love it because, you know, one of the great things that, that we love about it. So there's the, the, it's not huge. So you feel like you're kind of close by. So they've got this sort of independence to explore a little more freely than we would let them if it was this big expansive campground where, you know, so they love to just, I think find their independence. They love the playground. They love, you know, when they have the, the activities on the weekends, the rock wall and, and the jumpy contraption thing. Um, so, you know, I, they love it. They have come to really, um, I think it's among their favorites. And I think what, what you get into with some of the other KOAs, because there's a few in the area that would fit the bill of, of, of what I'm about to describe, which is overstimulation, right? It's you got a huge arcade, then you have the small arcade that's on the other side of the park and then the pool and the jump pillows and, and it's just, and the train rides. And there's just, there's just so much for them to do. They almost don't know what to do. And when you get to somewhere like Costanoa, it, you get back to the basics of camping when we were kids, which is you get on your bike or you get on your scooter, you go make some friends and you have a good time. And, and I think they've grown to enjoy that. Um, and we, we have, there's no complaints coming from us because I think sometimes you just need to get on your bike and go make some friends. Love it. I would really love to, to camp at this place. I, I want to take this Karen and David yeah. to Sandy Pines. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a, we'll do some sort of coastal swap program here. <laughs> All right, guys. Now we love following you on social media, but tell everybody else who isn't where they can find you. So we are on Instagram at The Camping Playlist, and we also post uh, playlists regularly on Spotify at The Camping Playlist. That's the Cool Kids Club, Spotify. <laughs> We're on there apparently, too, but <laughs> I don't really know how to work it. I think we've talked about our daughter, that before. Our daughter just created her own. She's eight, or she's seven, and she just created her own um, playlist, which is she's 
she always we get in the car and she says, "Mommy, can we put on my playlist?" So All right. you know, our training. boys would love that to be able That's to create true. their we own should. playlist. Like, we should let them. I do love that. that you guys are kind of like keeping the whole playlist concept alive. It I almost know. feels like it's a thing of the past for I our. I used kids. to be a master playlist maker back when I used, used to, to have, have my two tapes. Playlist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd be recording like a devil for those long road trips we would take. All right, Karen and David, it was a pleasure to have you as Thank always. Thank you so much. It was great. We always have a blast with you guys. All right. We'll see you at the campground. See you at the campground. campground.